Well, amen, amen. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough to follow there. So this this word may not be as good as that one, but you know, to uh, again poorly attempt to piggyback, uh, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, there's there's some pretty amazing just women at this church that are allowing God to move in their lives and together and just be those sisters in the Lord. A couple of guys are starting to catch on, but the women are outpacing us for sure. So guys, let's go. But um, with that, just kind of thing, you'll see this on uh, the what's happening sheet on your, uh, I guess we still call them bulletins. I don't know. That's not cool anymore. Worship folders. They're called a lot of weird things, but that paper you're holding is uh, at the end of this month, on I believe it's the 28th, there's, we're hosting a Beth Moore simulcast here. A bunch of us, us being women, not me, were a part of this last year, and it was so incredible. It's like, okay, we have to do it again. So we're hosting it right here. So women, you're going to want to check that out. Guys, free up your, your wives, your significant others to be there. Let's go. You can watch the kids. We'll all you know, watch college football at my house. Seriously, guys, let me, that would help, help me help you. But let's free up these women to get at that. And so, but with the city group, so again, you can all read on your card. And not only that, even if you can't read, there's a picture, okay, and a map. But you wanna, you're going to want to get in these groups and connect. And uh, there's, I think, like four or so are tonight. There's an FPU group. There's um, the Heights group at the Coons. Uh, there's a marriage group up in, in Carroll. Well, that one's full by. That one filled, like, no joke. The first day we had, hey, by the way, in like, you know, six years, we're going to start city groups. That one booked. So there was some, like, you know, under the table, texting going on among some of those people. <laughs> Pat was recruiting, yeah. So if you didn't get invited, well, you know who's not your favorite elder. But anyway, I, I've said too much. That's false. You're like, no, he's our favorite. <laughs> <You're crazy. laughs> anyway, so get get about community. And then, you know, uh, the Monday morning men's, I'm going to give a plug for that here in the sermon, uh, 6 a.m. here. But if you're coming in before work, um, it's a great spot to hit that. And uh, I'm, I'm a part of it. And Earl and Kenny, and you know Kevin's been a huge part of that. It's been pretty fun. So do that. And then uh, there's a Wednesday night uh, marriage group up uh, near, up in kind of North Seminole Heights. And then Thursday night for the young adults, even though Mitch is younger than me, so I don't know how that works. Um, but um, Liz and I are hosting that, right? We live real close to church. So if you're a young adult, we'd love to connect with you on Thursday nights. And if I forgot one, again, you can read, and so that's good. So... Um, Amen, amen. So, hey, this morning as we continue our, our study here on the book of Acts that we've titled Forward and Reverse, um, we're going we're gonna to pick up and we're going to see a series of firsts for the church, which really a whole lot of Acts is that. But here in this one little text, there's a whole number of first things that happen. And so if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open right up to Acts chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 32, kind of where Mitch left off last week. And uh, we'll start in 32, and we're going to actually take that off over into the beginning of chapter 5, for those of you following along um, uh, in the scriptures. And so we're going to see the first funeral in the church. That's fun, right? We're going to see, and these are connected, the first time, you know, really tangibly that that Satan shows up in the church. Uh, First and not last time he's done that. And then um, we'll even see, just kind of fun fact, a couple fun facts, one I'm going to wait on is um, we'll actually even see the first time the word church is used uh, right here in, in this text. So this is really foundational to um, what it is that God um, has for us. And then we're going to encounter an event and a half of God showing us really clear examples 
of what he wants his church to be. And so um, let's begin reading here in um, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. It says, The group of those who believed were of one heart and one mind. And no one said that any of his possessions was his own, but everything was held in common. With great power, remember they just prayed for this. With great power, the apostles were giving testimony. Hey, we kind of just did that. To the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on them all. For there was no one needy among them, because those who were owners of land or houses were selling them and bringing the proceeds from the sales and placing them at the apostles' feet. The proceeds were distributed to each as anyone had need. And so Joseph, a Levite, who was a native of Cyprus, called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and placed it at the apostles' um, feet. So we can, we can pause there with that, that last chunk of chapter 4. And so, again, they were of one heart and one mind. We, we've Really, that's kind of been the story we've been chasing after even as a church ourselves, this idea of this united church is becoming one church. Like, what does it look like to be one church like they were? So how we move forward in reverse. They were one heart, one mind. And it says there that, that no one held any of their possessions as their own. And that's a place that none of us start at. I mean, if you have kids, they don't, they don't operate that way. Um, my wife's husband doesn't operate that way. It's just not natural to us, right? Um, hey, she doesn't either. Listen. No, she actually, she kind of does. I'm blessed. They got there because they knew that God owned everything. Like, we had some things. God had blessed us, which we're going to get to that phrase literally in a second. And, and, but they, they were God's. They weren't there. And so it was, I, won't, I don't want to say it was easy, because it ain't easy for me, but it was, they were able to live this way. They were able to be one because it wasn't their own. None of this was theirs, and this wasn't their home. They had experienced the risen Jesus. They had met him. They were going to live and die for him. And so what were things? What were fields and houses and, and money and livestock and all of those things that they had back then? And so the church is going to give us an incredible example of this. And it's also going to give us a horrible warning. And so we must decide which of these examples that we're going to be like. And so first there's Barnabas here. So Barnabas, uh, he sold his field and he gave the money to the church. And so we might read that and say, that's awesome. And that Barnabas, you know, no wonder they call him Mr. Encouragement because that's encouraging. Way to go, Barnabas, right? But that name might ring a bell, right? So Barnabas doesn't just show up in these two verses, verse 36 and 37, and then, cool, this, some guy named Barnabas was there and gave him some money. No, he, he shows up later, right? And so this guy Barnabas, and there's actually a whole lot in this text here um, about him, but this is the same Barnabas who, when Saul of Tarsus, who becomes Paul, when Saul is murdering Christians, comes to the faith, meets Jesus face to face, Barnabas is a guy who uses his credibility with the church to say, hold on. I think God changed. I know God changes people. And I want to take it. We are going to take a shot on this guy. I think God can use this guy. And we're going to do it. And they said, all right, he's your problem, but okay. Now, how could Barnabas say that, right? And how could he give his field and his, give his money, lay it down at the church? Because he 
had been radically changed himself. You're like, well, okay, I guess that's implied. I mean, again, who would just do that? But there's so much in this text, and this is where, you know, and I got to, actually, I've learned a whole lot from Mitch in this, is this is why we teach through the Scriptures, right? This is why it is so important as a church to teach the Scriptures, because this is, these are God's words, and there's so much in this, rather than just glancing over things, right? And so let me explain what I mean by that. If you look at your text here, it says that Barnabas um, was uh, a, a Levite from the island of Cyprus. You're like, okay, cool, next verse, right? But And you might, maybe you've heard of Cyprus. Maybe you've even been there. I'm jealous. You should take me next time. But I want to show this map up here. Jordan, can you throw up this map that we have? This is a map of... Uh, Paul and Barnabas' first missionary journey, which comes a few years after this, once Paul, you know, learned the faith and then and they set out. But um, what you can't see on the map is under Syria, as you got Syria, then you'd have like Palestine, Israel. So Jerusalem doesn't make this map, but that's where they're at right here in Acts 4. That, that's the whole sum of the church, 120 to now 5,000 people. Barnabas is among these 5,000 people who've come to the faith right away, but they're in Jerusalem, which doesn't make the map. A couple cities to point out, you see kind of top right of the, of the water there uh, is Tarsus. That's where Paul is from, Saul of Tarsus. That's just relevant because that's a cool name. But look at Cyprus here, the island of Cyprus. Now, there's, I, man, I'm just, I'm geeking here and no one else is except for Mitch. But it says that Joseph Barnabas was a Levite. What does that mean? It means a whole lot. And so if you go back way, way, way in the Old Testament, God had set up, there were the 12 tribes, right? And, and he took the Levites, the tribe of Levi, and Levi means attached. And so he, God, set them apart from the rest of the tribes of Israel. What that meant is a couple of pretty notable things here is they were set apart to serve in the temple as the priests. And so some of you may be aware of that. You may come across that. And you'll see that a lot in the gospel. So-and-so, a Levite. So-and-so, you know, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, these guys would be Levites. And so they were not sent out with the rest of the men to fight wars. They stayed in Israel and they fought sin. And that's what they did. Now, with that, because they were attached, what were they attached to? Well, God, sure, but they were attached to Israel. They were attached to the land. They were not to own any property really any possessions. They would serve at the temple. God set aside 48 cities, four from each tribe, all around Israel, that these guys, if you were a Levite, you were in one of these cities and you tended to the spiritual needs of the community, not your own. Okay, that matters because we meet Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus. Now, you don't have to be a geography major to look at this map and answer the question, is Cyprus in Israel? Anybody? Bueller? No, of course. Not even clo- Not only that, like, I used to be honest with you. I, he's, li- he's Jimmy Buffett. I mean, he's just living the island life. He's living the, he's got his beachfront property in Cyprus. He is not attached to God. He's attached to wealth, land, his beach house, his, the stuff he's accumulated. And that's the guy we meet here. And it's interesting, which is why I showed a map of the first missionary journey, not just ancient Near Eastern map, which those were easier to find. I had to find a good, clear one here. 
But something happened in and around Jerusalem that uh, Barnabas is there. And he hears about Jesus, puts his faith in Christ, and is moved so much that he sells his land and gives the money. But along the way of him taking in Saul, Paul, and raising him up, a few years later they find themselves over in Antioch, over in the right, that's where they started. And they travel to the port, and the very first place they go is where? They go the arrows, they, they, they kind of point. We're going to go left, we're going to go west. The island of? Right, right. Okay, why? Like, I mean, really think about this. If you're, especially, you know, these Amer- we have some smart people in here. You're trying to blow this thing up, right? What do you think? Should we go to mainland Asia? Should we go to Rome, right? Hello, let's go where the people are at. Why is the very first place they go, Cyprus, not any million other better strategic analysis places? Because that's where Barnabas was from. And he loved God so much that he wanted the people he knew, family probably as well, to know Christ. And so, Paul, our first stop is going to be in Cyprus, in the community I know, the way of life I know. And they're going to see this wealthy, selfish guy changed. And so we're going there first. We'll get to the other places. And Tar- Paul doesn't get to Tarsus till. So Act 2 there. So, like, we're going to Cyprus first. And so Barnabas kind of had, had the way there. And it's just amazing. And so his life was radically changed. And he goes from being attached to wealth to returning to being attached to the things of God. He didn't care to be attached to his things anymore or his money or his power, or his influence. Like that, those were filthy rags. That, 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 was, that was things of a dead world. He, he knew the risen Christ. And so he took a chance on Saul, and he decreased his attachment to the things of this world. And so as we look at the example of Barnabas, we ought to be encouraged, see what I did there, by his example. And we ought to be just like him. He is a good example for us today. And so that's kind of chapter 4. And I don't, I mean, trust me, I want to keep talking geography and fun Old Testament things there, and you can get a study Bible or Google it, or we can talk later, grab coffee. There's a whole lot more in there, and just so, what, we could just sit with that and just worship God and the same God that Barnabas worshiped. But it's interesting how, you know, the, when, when our, much later after the Bible was written, these chapters and, and headings and verses were put in. And so we, we have a chapter 5 here, so you might read that and say, oh, cool. So like chapter 4, okay, let's pray and go home. But the, it's really the same thing. And so we have the example of Barnabas, good one. And then we hop into, um, let's just say, not a good one. And so chapter 4 moves right along to chapter 5. And right before I read it, you know, I, I think I've shared part of this with you before, but... I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to history, and so, not kind of. And um, I often, and I've probably told you, like, put yourself there, right? So it's like, imagine you're there, and this guy Barnabas comes in. This guy, he's, he's just a rich guy, comes in and says, you know what? I have gone away from the calling on my life to live for God, and I've attached myself to the things of this world. No more. Boom. Let's go, church. I mean, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, my, like, honey, do you have your purse? Like, what is going on here? Or I, I want to know that guy more. I want to hear more about him. I'm in. 
Like, we're meeting in someone's house tonight? I'll be there, right? And imagine being there, right? And so it's easy at, in these moments to be like, man, church was what's up back then. Like, no offense to you guys, but that is not how it feels today. And like, man, if only, if only I could be in that church, not this one, not that one. Right, man, it was it was perfect, right? Well, it was until you know, like more humans kept coming, right? And so, we're just two months into this thing, and it didn't take too long for us to start screwing it up, right? And so, we kind of get into this this thing. So, there's Barnabas, which is great, but next up is a guy named Ananias, which interestingly, again, names names had so much meaning, right? And so, Ananias, check this out. What his his name means? God has graciously given. Uh, which is going to be really funny in a second, but on a serious twist on that, God has graciously given us the example of Ananias in order that we could learn and heed a horrible warning. And so um, the truth is, Ananias was properly named. God had given him many things. Um, Some sort of wealth we're about to see. Uh, Given him a wife named Sapphira, which just... You guys will be able to guess. It's take a while to guess what Sapphira means. Don't put anybody on the spot. It means beautiful. So he literally, he's got the money. He's got a beautiful wife. And then along the way, he's got some, clearly at least some, knowledge of Christ and of Jesus and, and involvement in the church. So it's like, dude, all right. I mean, he's got it going. He might have even been tall, dark, and handsome. It doesn't say that. But, I mean, let's add that to the list. Right? And so he had some land. Um like Barnabas. Now, Barnabas should not have had land as a Levite living outside of Israel, outside of God's people. But it was okay for Ananias to have it. It was totally fine. However he acquired it, I guess unless it was illegal, but as long as he had earned that and, and worked for it, there's nothing wrong with him having land um, or any of us uh, for that matter. And, and so it, it kind of um, gets into that. And But here's the thing you're going to see in the text. We're about to read it is he has this land, he has this beautiful wife, some awareness of Jesus, but what he really wanted, like that wasn't enough. He saw Barnabas come in and he said, ooh, man, people are, people like him. What he really wanted was people's praise. He wanted people to look at him and his wife the same way that people were looking at and elevating Barnabas. He had a tight grip on his love of things. He didn't love people. He needed them. And so let's look what happens here in, um, in chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, Ananias, together with Sapphira, his wife, they sold a piece of property. Praise God. He kept back for himself part of the proceeds with his wife's full knowledge. He brought only part of it and placed it at the apostles' feet. Verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds from the sale of the land. Now, we're going to need to explain this a little bit because this is one of these texts where if we interpret it all completely literally, we can be like, I mean, the dude brought half the thing. Like, just be happy with that, right? But this is not going to turn out well for Ananias and Sapphira nor does it turn out well when we uh, lie to the Holy Spirit uh, for us. And so uh, kind of the way I want to work our way there is this. Just this past Monday, so is that six, six days ago, at the, um, our 6 a.m. men's morning Bible study, which, by the way, 
Like, guys, t- totally come. That's pretty cool. Like we, we have some pretty packed mornings. But come that tomorrow, 6 a.m. But we've been going through a proverb a week. And so just this past six days ago, we were in Proverbs 18. I want to throw up the bookended verses of Proverbs 18, verse 1 and verse 24. And um, they, they say this. And I wrote it down so I don't have to turn there. Yes. Verse 1 says, um, One who has isolated himself seeks his own desires. He rejects all sound judgment. And in verse 24, the end of this uh, uh, proverb says, There are companions who harm one another, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And as, as this guy, as we were, as we were reading this and, and, and studying this and going through this, this is a picture of what, what we want to be. And, and it's a picture of what the church ought to be. And, and it, it, is, it is a big picture of, of community. And so for myself, this is Carl speaking, because I can do that right now, is in Christ, I, I know God and, and his spirit and I need and want more of that. I, I love God. He's God. I'm not. I love Him. I need more of Him. I want to serve Him. I want to live faithfully for Him. I don't always, but I, I really most of the time truly want that in my life. I want to walk in His ways, right? And so because of that, because that's the goal of my life, and I pray is the same for yours, because of that, I surround myself, or try to, with godly Friends, with friends who will spur me on, will, will love me enough to call me out, right? And so in Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira, his beautiful Sapphira, his companion, when he comes to her and says, hey, honey, I got this great idea. Check this out. We got this field. Let's say it's worth $500,000 just to kind of use modern uh, numbers, perhaps, and round numbers because I get lost real easy. And um, I got an idea. We're going to sell it. We can get $500,000 for it. We're going to take half of it, and we're going to keep that. And then, but then we're going to take the other half. This is a lot of money. It's $250,000, honey. This is big. They're, listen to this. And, and we're going to take it, and we're going to give it. But we're going to tell them that it's all of it. But just, just, just we won't bring the money with us because they'll see that. But we're going to just bury that. And then we're going to bring half of it. But we're going to tell them we're, we're bringing all of it. Hey, you, like Barnabas, hey, we also sold the field. Honey, what do you think? Right? Now, it says clearly that she went along with it. But I, I, and I know this for a fact, that my Sapphire, my beautiful Liz, and I pray that my, my friends in this room, my guys would be like, dude, uh-uh, you, we're not going to do that. Absolutely not. And so these texts in Proverbs is like that we don't isolate ourselves. And, and, and some of that isolation can be husband and wife. That starts to get dicey because absolutely confide and hold nothing from your wife. But beyond that, who are we sharing with? Because Carl comes up with some really crazy ideas from time to time. All the time. And, and it's kind of a silly example because most of them are like, Carl, that, that will not work. That's stupid. It's terrible. Okay, you're right. But I am not immune to that idea of being sinful, to being prideful, to, to benefiting me more than anybody else, more than even God, right? And so I need my wife, Liz. I need the other elders of the church and, and, and my friends and my brothers in Christ and, and in community to call me out and say, bro, that's not honoring God. That's honoring you. Right? And so he didn't have that. And so he has this idea. He tells his wife, and, and she goes along with it, and um, they, um, that's, that's, that's what they do. And so for us, 
we're going we're gonna to live opposite to that because a companion of fools suffers harm. And so as, as Kara shared, and that, that really was just awesome, our relationships really matter. I mean, there's so much more to it with childhood friends, with Nick. and It's just like how God had been moving in their lives for, you know, about 20 years. And, um, and he's the same for you if you really notice it and look for it. And God's provision for the church is the church, is each other, is community. And so when we talk about, hey, join a city group, it's not, hey, what are you guys doing? Would you do something with your life? Or, hey, listen, football, the Bucks played Thursday, so you can go tonight. Like, like, no, it is God's provision for you. And it is the way that he brings us one and one for each other and for God. And that we would live faithfully for him. That we're not going to make those same mistakes that Ananias and Sapphira did. And so we need people to spur us on to love and good deeds. You need that. And I need that. And so would you be God's provision for me in this area? And we'll do the same for you. And so join a city group. You just got to do it. We want every adult in this body to be in one. Just to these ten weeks. And so anyway, back in our text. There you go. Join a city group. Amen. Back in our text, so they've got this plan, right? They said, we'll give it all, and, and you know what, honey? Like, we're going to be leaders in this new organization, just like Barnabas. No time. 250 on the table. All in. But here's the problem. The love of things and the love of people's praise, they're pretty connected. And, and, and they don't turn out well for us. Uh, or uh, clearly for them, as you're about to see. And so um, we ought to be wary of both of those. And so Peter looks at him and, and says in verse 4, says, Ananias, have you thought up this deed in your heart? Ouch. You have not lied to people. He's like, listen, I don't, lie to me, I don't care. It's not good for you, but it's not about Peter. But you've lied to God. That's trouble. You, you'd better not lie to God. Lie to Carl, cool. Fine, you know, I, I don't want you to, but but lie, don't lie to God. God loves his name too much for us to defile it with deception and lies. He's holy. You better know that he's holy and he wants his name represented well. And so that's why Jesus can speak uh, to John in, in Revelation and say, listen, just don't be lukewarm. Like, be in or out. I mean, if you're going to, like, talk the game and look the front, the part and, like, say you're, you're giving, oh, all to Jesus, I owe, all yeah, but you don't do it, that's worse than not doing it. I mean, soak that one in. Take it up with Jesus. That one's in red, so that's not, that's not me. And so Peter, he's just, I mean, it's just, he's like, Ananias, listen, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you think's going on here, um, but this isn't some sort of, like, external conformity thing where you have to come and, and, oh, he gave a field, I get a field. It's like the opposite of Oprah. Like, you give a field, oh, you give a field. Like, that's, like, no one's making you give. No one said, hey, if you want to come in here, you better give your field or all your money or any money. What's happening here is an internal transformation. And I think, I think Kara used that word. That that's what's happening here. Now, out of the overflow of that, we want to do something. We want to celebrate. We want to worship. And we want to give as Christ gave who considered himself, being very God, considered himself nothing and gave his life for us. 
That's what we're doing here, Ananias. What, I don't know who you're impressing. Hey, you didn't even fool me. Um, but you're certainly not fooling God. And so he has this, this moment where, hey, listen, we, don't, we want to follow the example of Christ. He didn't hold anything back. That's what's happening here. Not, here's your bill, pay up or leave. But just consider this. This is why it's so important to just break down this text and not just be so black and white. But imagine if Ananias had come and just leveled with them. Hey, guys, awesome. Well, Bar- Barnabas, awesome. Let's grab coffee. Um, but, uh, hey, guys, I have this field, too. I just sold it, or I can sell it for $500,000. I'll be honest. I don't know that I kind of want to part with all of it. Like, what if I just gave you half? That's $250,000. Like, I don't know. Could that bless the church? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. You know, I, I, you know, I'm still growing here. I'm still, I, you know, I, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't consider giving more if there's a need. Would you just, would you pray with me on this? Like, can I, can we just keep walking on this? You know, and then he could have went to his wife and like, listen, honey, I know like we've been sitting on this land and, and I know it was our future and, 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 you know, maybe through this, you know, we were going to, you know, get our kids to, well, I guess, the, I don't know if I had college back then, whatever it was, we're going to, you know, it's our inheritance for our kids or, you know, our collateral for something else. But I really think God's calling us to, to, to really, if he has come and, and transformed and saved us, to, to give, can we give half of it? And then we can, we can either, you know, live on half the land, we'll just sell half the land, or we can buy something else really nice with it. Peter, guys, like, what do you think? Is that, what do you think about that? They'd have been heroes. We'd name our kids, like, you know, you know anybody named Ananias or Sapphira? Like, slap their parents, right? And it's not, you've never heard of that name. But you would have, just like you've heard of Barnabas. But that, that's not what they did. They could have done that. And so the problem isn't that they didn't give it all. It's that they said they did. And so when we declare, Lord, <laughs> you, are, you have my all. You have my whole life. I live for you. Carl is dead. It's Christ in me. When we say that, but we don't do it, we are no different than Ananias and Sapphira. And that should concern us. If we say, Jesus died for me, I'm going to live for him, but we don't, then we look a whole lot like this guy. And we say, I'm going to live for him except in my thought life. I'm going to li- oh, I'm all in on cry. I'm going to worship. I'm, my arms are high. And let's go. But why did we stop singing? I want to keep singing and praising him. Or give me more of that, that text. Give me, give me all this. I'm going to live for him except in the way I handle my money. I, I, except in, in, in my covenant relationship with my spouse. I'm going to kind of let that fade a little bit. Um, because, you know, that's really difficult. Or, you know, maybe there's someone else out there that, you know, appreciates me more and, and thinks... I look good. Whatever it is, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for Christ except for my hobbies, my schedule, my career. Fill in the blank. You're smart people. And we look a lot like Ananias. If, if there's this general relative truth in, in your life, in my life, in our lives, that there's, there's a secular part, and then there's the rest of it's good, godly Christian, that's a problem. If, if, hey, su- Sunday, man, Lord, I'm all yours. A little bit of football, but I'm all yours. And praise God, I come every Sunday, which you should do. 
but then you know what what's monday through saturday it's 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 you that ought to concern you you know it's Basically, uh, you know, so you look at Ananias. He did it with property again. So it's easy. We're, we're so, we think we're really clever. We're like, oh, well, you know, I don't own any fields, so I'm good, you know. Um, or I will never have $500,000, which some of you might. I don't. Um, and so, you know, it's not, it's not relevant. Let's move on. Which I don't know that he had that much either. But, and, but that's, that's not what's going if I If I could just say what I'm trying to say, I want to show you that God is not fond of us lying to him, saying we're living for him, but not, but holding back. And, and not only is God not fond of that, neither is the watching world. See, when the, when the, when the, when the unbelievers, the outside world, maybe they're in your family, um, they're, we're surrounded by them, your co-workers, maybe it's a, a child, maybe it's a parent. When they see us, God's people, living no differently than they do, what do they want anything to do with that? When they see us just as committed, i.e. uncommitted, to our covenant relationship with our spouse as they are, when they see us hoarding materialism under the guise of God's blessing, they say, you're fools. This is, you're no different than I am. Jesus is made up. Like, fine, feel good when you die, but it's no different. And we're out. Like, you're no different. But see us getting ahead at work. I mean, the examples they get, they don't end. It's just, it's kind of like basically someone who, I mean, this is kind of, we would never say this, I hope. I just want to see how much sin I can get away with before I really start to feel the consequences in my life. And that's what, that's what Deuteronomy 6 is talking about when it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It, 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 it's, it's this idea of like, well, man, I mean, I know I'm kind of a sinner, and so I'm just going to kind of sin a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more, and hide it and hide it or try to hide it until you can't. And some of us in this room, that's how we live. We, we hide this sin, hoping that no one will find it. And, and just we live with, with these ideas of, well, uh, maybe I'm putting the Lord to the test, but I'm just going to see about how much porn I can get away with. I'm going to just see, you know, how far I can flirt with my coworker before it's kind of obvious or irreversible or my wife finds out. Oh, shoot, now we've got a problem. You know, that, I'm just going to see how much I can accumulate for myself before it kind of gets a little obvious that maybe I'm living for Carl and not God. And that's a problem. But the example here that Peter, that really God is giving, and this is important. Don't hear me saying, all right, guys, wallets, purses, feet, now. It's not what this is saying. You don't maybe have to give it. You ought to be willing to. Christ is your all. If he is why we're here, you know, what is, what do, what do I have? What do I, what do I want or need? Yeah, I may not have to give it, but I ought to make sure it doesn't have its hold on me. And that's where we really get into trouble. And so this texture just calls, cause, cause us to pay attention. And you might want to hear this line. Um, God doesn't always kill us, 
um, if you haven't noticed in your own life. Uh, because if he did, I wouldn't be here. I had no way I'd be here. And, and even if, if, if he wasn't so gracious, not only would I not be alive, I wouldn't be standing here trying to teach you God's word. No chance that Carl is qualified to do that. It's but by the grace of God. And that's the point. Barnabas experienced that grace. Guys, I'm living so far from God's calling on my life. Lord, forgive me. Guys, please take this. And I and Sapphira, hey, come see how good I look. We're, we're playing the game. We've got one foot in and one foot out. Which example might you resonate more with today? It does not have to define you for the rest of your life here on earth even if maybe you're more like Ananias today. And so, Peter tells Ananias, let's, let's get to that scripture. I just kind of started talking to you guys. All right, so the, the, the watching world kind of looks at us and says, you know, you're hypocrites. So Peter tells Ananias about this, this radical internal transformation. That's what's happening here. I kind of already said that. And so, um, back to the watching world. This is kind of one reason why you notice we don't really pass an offering plate around here. You know, and we've talked about it because there is kind of a thing of like, dude, what if you're just letting money walk out the door? Good. Like one of the reasons we don't really pass an offering plate around here is because we, we know that like that's kind of what most people think. The church just wants their money. And so we're going to shake it down. Some some churches, they pass it, keep passing it. You know, a little more, a little more, raise it. Raise, you know, we'll put a little thing on the wall. We don't do that here. We Listen, I don't want your money. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know his freedom. And Mitch talked about it. It's for freedom you've been set free. That's, what, that's, that's why Barnabas is going, hey, I'm, set, I'm finally free. I'm not hiding anymore. I'm not like trying to be, you know, religious, but also I'm Carl. I'm free. We want you to know the heart of Christ because when you know the heart of Christ, as is demonstrated here, it's no big deal to, to live these, these transformed lives. When, when, when God is transforming my life, and I'm in community with others, and I see God transforming their lives, you, want to know, you know what I want to do? I want to invest in that more and more and more. It's, it's no big deal to say, let's reach a city. i got a field. I've got, I don't I didn't have CDs and like IRAs and stuff. I got, I've got these things that I want to reach the city because my life has been transformed, and so we give freely to that end. Now, Another thing some of you might be thinking is this, and I've had this conversation with people, well-meaning Christ-following people, um, and so I'm not, I'm not going to beat anybody up with this, although Liz and I have a bad story of this when we were dating. But um, there's kind of this thread, you can even read, she's like, what is he going to say? I can say anything right now. There's this thread in the early church where you could easily connect it to a certain form of government. But here's the deal. Communists demand your money. Jesus doesn't. The church doesn't. Even though we, we always share all things in one and share in common, and there's no one, you know, no Greek, no slave, no Jew, none of that. It, no one is sending you a bill, including Christ. This isn't a thing where, like, like with our taxes, where we negotiate with the government to pay as little as possible, right? You know, and if you don't, then you get smited by the IRS. That's not what this is. We are free. We're not communists. We're not under obligation. We're under grace, not law. This is exactly what Second Corinthians uh, chapter nine verse seven says. Uh, 
verse you may be familiar with. I think we'll have it up there. Um, awesome. It says, and this is, this is Paul, that guy Saul, that terrorist turned Christian, turned missionary, turned apostle and elder of like the church, says, each one of you, guys, us, you, Carl, you, should give just as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Oh, shoot, pastor talked about giving. No. For God loves a cheerful giver. Do not raise your hand because you'll be tempted to like do it or not do it. But I'm not a cheerful giver. I don't like giving. I don't like giving my french fries. I don't like giving you that last slice of pizza. I might offer it, but only because you're not supposed to take it. And then I get it. You guys know this. It doesn't, I'm not a naturally cheerful giver. So let me give you one practical way that this could look like. Certainly if if you're married, even if you're not married, who you're in community with, you've got another woman in the Lord, another man in the Lord to, to, to talk this with. But, you know, we talk about Ananias and Sapphira, and I kind of, you know, had a little fun with the field and the money, and we'll keep half of it. But um, this is one of those things, as we look at this verse that Paul gives us, and say, okay, honey, you know, if it's time, it's time to give, um, whether that's a weekly thing, biweekly, when you get paid, monthly. Again, the, the, the agricultural society of then to now is largely different, and it's totally different. But that we sit and, and, and we, we decide to give. And so the, the offering, let's say... I see. I wanted to make it where Liz looks better. So um, let's say Liz wants to give more, and Carl doesn't. Um, we have to discern which is from the Lord, because she, while less likely than I am, could be falling into the Ananias Sapphira thing. Hey, we should give more. Maybe someone will notice. You know, maybe someone on the elder team will find out who gave. And there's, oh, it was Carl. Would you look at that? Right? And so we have to be careful not to do that. But the other side, which is, let's be honest, more likely, Carl's saying, honey, I don't know about that. That's a pretty big number. You know how much we make? You know our expenses? I guess our kids won't go to school. They certainly won't do dance, gymnastics, which we do need to talk about that. Um, I mean, how are they going to play hockey? No, no, no. No way. Can't. Priorities, honey. Right? I mean, it's ridiculous. And and I might need to say, okay, why don't I have joy here? It's either because she's reaching or I'm hoarding and holding. And so that's why it's cheerful. You find that point where I might need my Sapphira Liz or a brother in the Lord to say, hey, Carl, like, here's, here's my sense on, on what maybe you should do with that. And they may say, hey, I think you're right. I think at this time, this is this, I think you're right. And they may say, bro, you know, your car still runs, barely, but it still runs. I think you can hold off on, on that thing and, 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 and go and you say, I mean, I don't know, you tell me you, you want to live for God and his kingdom, you want to build his kingdom, you want to reach the city. So maybe, maybe Liz is right. That's why we need community. That's why we have to be open with our spouse, right? And so, Ananias, not so much. He was lying to people and to God. Let's go through the text here and then we'll close. Verse 5 says this. When Ananias heard these words from Peter, Peter, you're lying to God. He collapsed and died and great fear gripped all who heard it. I bet. 
the young men came, wrapped him up, and carried him out, and they buried him. You know, there's a fun fact here that I kind of hinted at and nobody cared about was that most people think the first death in the church was Stephen, right? We weren't used to Stephen in a chapter in chapter 6, but uh, he's killed at the end of chapter 7. Saul's there. But no, the first death is actually Ananias. Fun fact, you might, on a trick question there. But it's important because the difference in Acts chapter 8, verse 2. So verse 1 says, and Saul was there giving approval for his death. Same Saul, Paul. But verse 2 says, and devout men buried Stephen and lamented loudly over him. And that's not what just happened in verse 5. They carried him out. Nobody was sad. The Ananias, the liar, was gone. And so he's gone, and it's, you know, not but three hours later, all beautiful comes strutting in, right? And, and she's like, hey, Pete, what's up? Hey, did, you, did, uh, did uh, Ananias, did he come and did he, you know what I'm saying? Did you get, did you get a gift? Did you get our money? He's like, yeah, we did. It was great. Um, hey, tell me, was, that, was this the price? You, uh, you can go to the next verse you want, even though I'm, this is the Carl version. Um, you know, yeah, was this the price you, you, you guys received for it? Oh, yeah, you bet. Yeah, whatever Ananias said, that's. That was the price. Now listen. She was not going to be held liable for the sins of her husband. She could have said, oh, sugar. Um, No, you know, and I'm so sorry. And you'd have a best friend growing up named Sapphira. That's not what happened. Yeah, that was the price. You betcha. Peter says, why is it that you have agreed together to test the spear of the Lord. Why did you try to get away with this? Why did you see what you could get out of this? Look, there's the feet. You're gone. Listen. You and I are capable of doing what Ananias did. It's real easy. And verse 11 tells us that great, great fear gripped the whole church. There it is. The church gathered. God's people gathered. And all who heard about these things, yeah, no kidding. I mean, imagine you're there. Oh, boy. Fear. Now, this is godly fear. This is biblical fear. Fear, acknowledgement that God cares about his name and how we treat it and how we represent it. And so fear can, can be helpful in those, in those times of being who we want to be. And so Ananias and Fire had a choice. They had a choice to... To be like Barnabas, which is being like Christ. Or they could have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. One hand extended in love, one hand on their wallet. And they chose to do the dance. And God didn't take kindly to that. And so for us, we have the opportunity to say that I'm, I'm, I'm Jesus' man. I'm God's man. All I have is His. My whole life is His. 